back from doing the isolation sessions now the isolation sessions started because of the pandemic and everything and not being able to meet anybody so i did this and billy from biohazard was like you should just call it the isolation sessions I was like, all right why not so everything is starting to open up so i'm like all right episode volume 18 of the of the isolation sessions that's it so now we're back to numeric episode numbers and Episode 173 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace, which is also part one of five of the second Bane series, Bane 2.0, if you will, <laughs> with my friend Pete Chilton. What's up, my man? How's it going? Thanks uh, for I'm, I'm, I'm doing great, man. I really am. I'm doing really good. Um, we were just speaking a little bit before I pressed record and the response to the first Bane series has been absolutely ridiculous and nothing but positive. Um, and people have reached people reached out to me and was like, yo man, like you should see if you can get like Stu and Pete and Nick and blah, blah, blah. I, I was like, no problem. Like if I ask and they're down to do it, I'm 100% down to do it. So everybody, you had initially five weeks worth of Bane. So another five weeks of Bane are coming. So it's funny because- Maybe we were gonna wear right. out our welcome a little bit too much. Too no, much. not at all, man. You guys have a ridiculous following and you still do. And I've said it in the entire last series that there's something that you guys all created um, that is, for lack of a better word, special, man. And that's all I could say about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's the truth. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. It's the truth. And I think that you guys, somebody, some guys may be like, well, well maybe not, but hey, you know, you know, there's a, there's a very, very, very loyal diehard fan base for Bane. Yeah. I think, I think we just got lucky. I mean, you know, there's a ton of different stories of, someone bumping into another person and you know like like you know how Aaron and Aaron met and is one way and that you know then me me bumping into Aaron at Newberry Comics and me knowing Zach like it's I think it's one of those kismet bands that just like was just meant to be for the moment and that moment just turned into like 21 years <laughs> incredible so, yeah. I think that's just the way some things go, you know. And that's great. It was it was meant to be, and maybe that's why it's so. I mean, yes, it lasted for as long as it did, and I mean, like I said just before, it's you know, like I had no idea that the documentary and the final show was going to be put out. There was in talks, and and while I did it, when I when I did it with Zach, he told me that was the first I found out. So 
But, you know, once I started putting these out, it was just weird how everything came together with all the hype from the final show and everything and all of this. And, and it's like almost like a resurgence. And like Bedard like thanked me for being like a little spark in that. I'm like, what? Like, don't thank me, dude. Like I stumbled upon it completely by accident. I give Zach the credit for putting the idea in my head. So I'm not, I'm not taking any credit because all I'm really actually doing is reaching out, asking, creating a flyer and talking. You know what I mean? And I appreciate everybody. Well, I think, I think it was the timing, you know, like maybe that last show is, is, I know obviously it was four years ago now, um, but maybe that was the right amount of time. You know, obviously the documentary took longer than everyone suspected. Um, but once you, once you dive into like, the vastness of that. I mean, I did, I think I did three interviews with the documentary makers. Yeah. And each one of those was more than three hours long. Really? And I think that, you know, the other Bane members, and of course I haven't even been in the band for like 13 years. So like having to edit, I think, I think Dan said they had over a thousand hours Wow. of footage down to something that makes sense and tells us, you know, a few intersecting stories um, about the last tour, about Bane's history, about all the different members and players and, and, and make it a good story. It's just, it's just mind boggling how much work it takes. Of and course. That's just, that's just the reality of it. And I don't think, Dan and Ricky and all the people that involved it expected it to take that long, but that's just the reality of it. Um, oh yeah. Listen. But I think, you know, that four year time span is sort of like, you know, the little popper and the Turkey popped out like, Bing, I, yeah. I think this is the right moment. Um, so I think you were sort of the star of that and you didn't know that the documentary was, I had no in idea. Final stages, but I think it's just, again, it's part of Bane's, history of just sort of like being a, a very um what's the word bold jellyfish let's say just <laughs> takes, bold jelly yeah let's and uh you know it just it <laughs> goes where it where the current takes us and 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 just you know happens but at the same time it's like um something special and and something that affects people so yeah. I just coined a new term. So you did. I like that. A bold <laughs> jellyfish. That's awesome. <laughs> so. Shit, man. Well, I mean, I know that you 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 were at that final show. Obviously, you played some of that final show. Um, yeah. which is awesome to have how there was several other guys that obviously past members that played that show. Um, I've always said it, I said it in the middle of that set that night. On that Saturday night, I said it in my own head. I'm like, this is definitely in my top three shows I've ever been to, ever. I mean, I'm 44. I've been going to shows since I'm 15. You know, I've been to a billion shows. Um, and that night, man, it's crazy. And it's it's perfect. Oh, another thing, perfect timing. It's like Sonny, you know, from Hate Five Six, he he announced that whole thing on the on the four-year anniversary of that final show. Right, right. And it's like, I, I think back, I'm like, I remember that show vividly. 
And I, it's so crazy, a little bit scary how, how the hell was that four years ago? You know, it's just like, like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I'm a sort of the reverse. I feel like it was a hundred years ago. You know, I've really? been thinking about stuff that happened in, in February and it seems like a year ago, <laughs> okay. um, you know, before the, the, uh, the pandemic really took hold. So, um, but I, I also was out of the band for a bunch of years. So, you know, I was just coming in and out of Bane's life at that time, really. Right. So, well, uh, you, I mean, you played, all right, obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but you've played basically on everything except for the World Series 7 and thing, right? Yeah. Later yeah. On, on Holding This Moment, you played on it all comes down to this you played on give blood the note and you came in and you did don't wait up yeah yeah that's right um i didn't play on the demo right <laughs> okay all right well, i was, I was uh, like technically <laughs> in the band but they were already had it scheduled and i didn't know the songs yet um all right well the demo really you know all right yeah, demo. Yeah. If it's so, the very 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 beginning every band has the weird lineup with the demo. <laughs> right. And then, yeah, so I didn't play on the, the um, world tour seven inches. Right. Um, but, I, but I did the layout. I did all the graphic design for all And you the, did the layout for the note. The note and give blood. And give and, blood. And don't wait up. Question about don't wait up. Yeah. Is, the, is that an actual photograph? originally of those houses uh or is that like a painting or is it a photograph that like you photoshop or did something too it's uh i think it's a drawing um we we hired an artist um from the cape actually his name's dan mccarthy okay Uh, and he he actually had that painting already it's actually a silk screen really Um, and I've been a big fan of his work for years and years. And when we talked about what Don't Wait Up was going to be, of course, the, you know, the title wasn't necessarily determined yet. But usually um, with the layout stuff, it ended up being me and Bedard and sort of just brainstorming. What is the feel? What do we want? What are we, you know, are there any like visuals that we, we want to put together? And um, so I... I did like five or six um, concepts for that and just sent them to the, the rest of the band and were like, hey, you know, here's, here's some ideas. Yeah. Do you still uh, have any of those? Yeah, I still got them. Yeah, okay. I, I keep everything. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> kind of that's a, cool. A computer file pack rat. So. Yeah, I um, have a lot of stuff myself, big time. Yeah, I, I, I'll send them to you if you want. I would love to see that. That would yeah. be great. I won't share them if you don't want me to. I would love to see them. Well, they're just, they're rough sketches, but fine. You know, and I think there's some like photographs in there that were you know, they might have been not copyrighted, but I was just sort of like playing with concepts rather than okay final artwork. So yeah, because one of the one of the main reasons why I wanted to ask is because I do this thing. Um, it's called it's from Danny Boy, the guy one of the guys from House of Pain. Mm-hmm. 
um, he has this thing. It's called the Delta Bravo Urban Exploration Team. It's just for fun. And like, I'm like the New York guy. And we go to like film locations or video locations or somewhere where there was like a famous photograph was taken from like years ago or whatever. And we try to find the exact location and we, we take a photo of it and we'll take like the screenshot from the movie or whatever. And we try to line it up within the picture. So it's like basically okay. like a, you know, like a, a before and after in one. Right, right. So I wanted to know if, because I've gone all over the place to do this stuff and it's just for fun. So I love to do it. So if that was an actual house or street for that record cover i'd make my i'd take my ass to boston just to take a picture of some random house and do the thing with the album cover yeah. so i just i had to know that yeah i'll i'll, I'll uh, ask dan mccarthy if it was a real place um he's this like very interesting photorealistic artist huh? and draws all this stuff um, so i think i think it might be just uh made up it from his head Okay, that's cool. So when I saw it, so he has a website and it like has all this artwork on it. And I own a bunch of his prints already. Um, so I was just like, oh, you know, maybe we should use artwork. And I was going to some of my favorite artists and I was looking at their stuff. And he had this, that cover. And I just felt like it looked like Worcester to me. Okay. And at this time, I think we were, you know, Don't Wait Up was sort of the top runner for the, for the name. And the light on and in the house. And the, what, you know, what I took away from it was that it was, Bane had played a show. Like, I, I built this backstory. Bane had played a show yeah. in some town that, in anywhere USA kind of a thing. Okay that it always looks sort of like Worcester. And then after the show, we hook up with the kid and he lets us stay at his place. And inevitably we end up staying up late talking about hardcore and records and all that stuff. And that was the scene. Okay. And I don't know, like, and the idea of don't wait up and that sort of mix of like leaving the light on, but don't waiting up and, and that, that sort of scene that played out so many times in Bane's history yeah. of playing a show and then meeting a kid that might, may or may not end up being a lifelong friend and staying at their house. And, yeah. you know, you know, even though you're dead tired, you sit around <laughs> and talk records and yeah. music and yeah. life. So that was, that was sort of the, once I saw that, I was like, Oh man, that would be so cool if we could use it. And then, so all the guys were like, that's cool. Let, look, look, like that would be an awesome cover. Sure. Like, yeah. But this guy's like a famous artist. I don't know. Like we'll <laughs> yeah. see, it might be like $5,000 to use it for like, you know, who knows? All right. So just, I was like, all right, well, I'll just try. So I emailed him through the, through his website. And, um, he's like a pretty young guy. He's younger than me. Um, okay. And uh, he's a huge Bane fan. So he was like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. Let's do it. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. He grew up in, like, the, the Cape Cod punk rock scene. So okay. So it was it ended up being, like, no big deal at all. So Yeah, that's great, man. So now, 
Let's let's take it back for a little bit. Uh, you did you you grew up in Worcester? I, I say Worcester because I'm from Brooklyn <laughs> and I don't know. So I say Worcester. Is it really Worcester? That's the oldest thing, probably. You're probably used to hearing that. But uh, Worcester. Worcester. It's Worcester. Yeah, you leave out a lot of the letters and you add some that aren't. You definitely leave out a lot of letters because it's a long word and it's just so short. You know the way you say it. Um, but I have I, I can't say nothing because I'm I'm from Brooklyn, so my my English is just ridiculous. Too. Well, it's a different. It's a special kind of English. Oh, so. it's special, all right. <laughs> well, um, yeah. yeah, I grew up in um, Auburn, which is just the next town, the suburb of Worcester, basically. Okay. Um, so I was kind of like the kid from the suburbs, and um, my my dog is barking. That's she okay. never barks, and then all every, the every, every once in a while, you, you might hear something way off in the background because I'm in my bedroom and I have my door closed, but my girl is watching a horror movie. So you might hear screaming, gunshots, <laughs> but it's really nothing. It's just her watching a movie. It's all right. This is Gorilla Pie. Yeah, she's usually very quiet, like very rarely barks. She's right. she's actually deaf. She's um, we just got her a couple months ago, so she's still a puppy, but okay, um, so she's really, really quiet. But she's deaf. She's deaf, yeah. Oh, that's terrible. I feel bad for her. It's actually, I mean, sometimes I feel bad for her because she gets freaked out at night because I think, you know, if she can't see, then she's got two senses down and she gets a little freaked out. But having a deaf dog isn't always a bad thing. Like, you can, like, fireworks are no issue. Yeah, you're right. Uh, You know, like the doorbell rings and she doesn't run at the door, you know. Yeah. All right. You so can go in the cookie jar and grab what you yeah. want. And she doesn't have no out. idea. She's not going to be begging. I get yeah. it. Yeah. So not so bad. Cool. Did you go to high school with any of these guys? No, I didn't go. I didn't go to high school with anyone. Um, okay. I met Zach in high school because, and he was sort of the first one that I met out of the crew. Um, because I had a band that was playing some shows with his high school. You know, he talked about Realm in, in the podcast. Godflaw? Yeah, Godflaw was one, and Platform was even before that. Platform, um, okay. You know, that one I'm not same, familiar with. Okay. Yeah. It was the same guys from my high school. Um, okay. And so we were playing some really sort of like heavy, grungy metal stuff. And, um, you know, the realm guys were, they were so crazy on stage, you know, Zach, like his, the birth of Zach Jordan on stage, was really in the realm, I think. Um, Yeah, Zach stayed crazy. crazy, He stayed crazy on stage. Energy that he brings. Um, So we would go see his band and sometimes play with them and ended up, I always thought they they were like, all right, we're back from technical difficulties, even though a little editing just happened. So we're just going to go back to Zach's ridiculous energy on stage, the birth of Zach from way back in the day. Right. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I think and then my, you froze and then uh, I don't know what yeah, But I, I live in the woods, so the internet connection is sometimes spotty. So Okay. Um, yeah, so... Um, you know, seeing Zach's band realm play and, you know, he was sort of, um, I wouldn't say an idol, 
But I was, I looked up to him because he was like, I feel like he was doing it the way I wanted to do it. You know what I mean? Like, right. We're the same age, actually. Actually, I'm two days older than him. Our birthdays are two days apart. Two days. Okay. Two days. Yeah. And, but so in that Worcester scene, I was coming from the suburbs with, with my like grungy sort of uh, metal, like grind bands, like, like Godflaw and Platform and and we were playing shows or, or going to shows with, with Realm and, and also seeing Converge and all these bands that were, you know, like the top tier in yeah. that scene. Um, so I knew Zach from that. Uh, and then we started hanging out. Uh, and I was, you know, going to Worcester to hang out with those guys. And, um, and it sort of snowballed from there um, wow. and sort of. Actually, we, you know, that was high school. And then he went to UMass Amherst, um, University of Massachusetts in Amherst, which is in Western Massachusetts. And then I went to WPI in Worcester okay. for engineering. And I met a bunch of guys there that were into hardcore. And then, you know, we sort of would go out to Western Mass and shows. And then, you know, Zach was obviously still from Worcester. And so we started, like doing you know having a bit of a scene um so when when did when was barrett formed but barrett started when like 96 right and you played in barrett yeah so when i listened to zach's podcast he's got a couple of things wrong here Um, all right correct zach yeah so zachary you're being corrected well i think he was just doing it for you know (laughs) brevity's sake but um okay so Barrett started and I, I wasn't the bass player. I, I was, I joined Bain and we did a couple shows and Kurt from Kurt Blue was filling in and, and I was sort of suggesting maybe we get sacked, but Barrett had already started and they had their own bass player. Lou uh, was playing bass who was in realm and like we all knew him and everything. So it wasn't, um, it, it, it was just the way Barrett started and then Lou like moved to Toronto or something like that like kind of out of the blue and um, at the same time I was basically flunking out of engineering school because I was so concentrated at this point I had already joined Bain and we were you know I was like making demo tapes in my dorm room non-stop and not doing homework basically right and like every other kid does yeah back then of course yeah but then i realized that i didn't really want to be an engineer i wanted to be an artist so then i, I actually ended up transferring to umass amherst and becoming zach's roommate at in college okay and then that's when he's like well you should just play bass for barrett now because right. lou moved to Montreal or Toronto, I forget where, but he Canada. Yeah, he moved, he moved uh, to the tundra. Right, and um, <laughs> actually, he was playing bass in like the Swarm for a while, and so okay, he was doing his own thing. And then that I joined Barrett, and that was right after. So Barrett had a seven-inch out, and then then we wrote uh, the LP, and I wrote that with Zach and Andy and Nate and. Right. Steve and then we recorded that and that one came out and then then I was in Bain and Barrett 
Yeah, yeah. Period of time. Jesus. All right. So, so you weren't on the first demo, but you were on the first EP, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Demo was the only thing that. Right. So, so every, so everything that wound up on holding this moment, you played on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going. That was sort of my first big deal recording because we went to Boston, and you know, I'm like. 18 year old kid um and we're going to this like you know mill building with like all this fancy equipment and i was like you know i was intimidated it was a lot and i was recording sure. with, you know, Kurt Ballou was how, there and how you know, old were you at this point yeah i think i think i was 18 or 19 all maximum right, yeah. yeah when was it 90 well the demo came out in 98 i think right um, well, demo came out in 98 uh, maybe no 97? no it came out earlier than that 97 maybe yes yeah, about 97 i graduated high school in 95 so it has to be near up near after that so. right because holding this moment technically came out on equal vision in 99 yeah 98 um, you know, I'm terrible with that stuff, so yeah, I should know this. I mean, I've, I, this is like you know, I've done this several times with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that came out, and then um, then we went into the studio to do the EP stuff, and that was sort of the the big the sort of the moment I was like, oh, this is cool, you know, like yeah. I, I like doing this. And then the shows, and shows were good, and you know, yeah, man. It was, what, was, what, did you did you tour extensively at all with Barrett at the time you were in Bain or no? He, some. So Barrett did some like East Coast stuff, and then um, then we did like a six week U.S. tour. Okay. That was, it was kind of crazy because we hired this guy to book the tour. And basically, he's like, okay, you're all set. Just, you're, you know, just to get you out west, your first show is in, like, Ohio or whatever. So start driving, and we'll meet you in Ohio and give you all the info. And then we'll go from there. Right. And uh, so we, we did that, and we got to Ohio, and the guy was like, uh, I didn't really do anything. Oh. So. I'm sure that happened so much back in the day, man. I'm sure that so, happened so much. So we were like, oh, well, <laughs> we want to be on tour. So then we just called like as many people as we knew. And we ended up calling Ray from Countervale, this California, this South Thousand Oaks, California band. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just one of the guys that we knew through Bain, actually, because Countervale did some shows with Bain and, and he had a bunch of connections and he just like literally like was like hey what shows are going on like can barrett jump on it and and we sort of like hobbled together a tour (laughs) um and we played a bunch in california and then up the west coast and up into canada actually and uh then across canada so it ended up being very um it was crazy. I mean, it was crazy. We didn't know where we're going. And it was like the show, we wouldn't know if we were on a show until like 
the day before, you know. So, so these are like, the days of like you're breaking out like the Atlas, correct? You're looking at maps. Yeah. Is there even maps? Yeah, no. Yeah, this is like before cell phones. Oh yeah, I know that. This was is like, Quest? Probably this not. Is, no, no. Right. This was yeah. Atlas, and this was stopping at pay phones, and we had like a dialer that if you put one dime in, that you it would like recreate the sound, so we could like do long distance. It was like a hack, like a really. It was like an electronic hack that you could like mimic the sound of a of change going in, and that's how a lot of pay phones work that they listen for the noise, the tone right. of the change. So we had that, and we would use that to dial, and then you know, calling call, like plastic calling cards, you scratch it, like yeah, crazy. You you kids have no idea how yeah. you have it. Yeah. At all. Spoiled rotten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you get, you know, the show is in this town and, you know, okay, so we'll go, we'll get to the town that says on the map. And then the first gas station you stop at, you call the promoter and say, okay, we're in town. Where is it? Or like, come meet us and drive us over, you know, oh, just like it was caveman, work, man. Stuff. caveman stuff. Yeah. <laughs> of course I, you know, quit right as a cell phones and GPS and Priceline and all that happened. And <laughs> yeah. I really messed up on that one. So. Oh, shit. Fuck. All right, so you do all that stuff, and then, I mean, what do you do? You come back and, like, you jump into a, in, into a, into a van and hit the road with Bane? Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically right? Just fucking yeah. road dog. Just go. Just yeah, go. I mean... Basically, from the time you know Bane did its first tour and and Barrett, I think I think we just alternated a little bit here and there, and then, but Barrett didn't last too long right. after that. So, um, well, Bane kind of took over. Like ninety nine, I think the last show was in ninety nine. So, well, what? Bane kind of took over, kind of right. Yeah, yeah. When when do you when do you think? I think this is the most amount of actual questions I'm even coming up with. Um. When do you think, when did you realize, I'm going to say, that you thought that Bane was actually something special? Like, like we have something here. Yeah. Was there like a certain kind of a moment, like a, like a specific show or a specific part of a tour or something like that that was like, like we could probably do this? And we could probably, like, we have something here. Is there, was there any kind of, I don't even know if I'm even asking, like, the right question. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm trying to ask you? Yeah. I, I mean, you, you start to feel it when you play Detroit and there's 200 kids. And you're like, what? Like, yeah we're this little band that has a seven inch out from Worcester. Like we're not even from Boston. You know what I mean? It's like right. little, like little tiny scene. We have a demo and a seven inch out and we jump in a van and we drive across country and no matter where we stop, there's kids singing the words. Um, you know, th that, that is really weird. But of course, you know, you're like a, a boiled frog you don't really you know there's like 150 kids this show and then there's 160 kids to the next show and then all of a sudden there's 400 kids and you're like when did this happen but yeah i think i think the big 
defining moment was like, like the like, this is crazy moment is probably that first Hellfest that we played. Okay, what year was that? Jeez, I don't know. <laughs> it was better than, you know better than I do. Yeah, I want to say it was like canceled and then re put on and. I'm really bad at that stuff. I, I want to say maybe 2001 or something, okay. but we, we, I think it was like the beginning of the tour or close to whatever, but we had all this merch delivered there. Well, what album was out at that point then? Maybe I think it was we... all comes down to this. Okay. I think it was like sort of like at the beginning of when that first came out. Uh, so that was like 2000, 99, 2000. Yeah, yeah okay. I think so. Okay. There's the dog again. Um, All right. <laughs> and we had like tons of merch shipped there. It was sort of supposed to last us for a long time. And I remember like either Max or somebody, you know, some of our, one of our um, roadies at the time came up to me and he's like, we're like sold out. And I'm like, you mean, what, you mean like what? Like what sizes? Because I used to handle a lot of the merch ordering and stuff. And like, well, what sizes of what T-shirts? And he's like, no, like everything. Everything's gone. And, and I was like, what is going on? And then That's this, so like, this, was, this was like weird because we were like set up in the parking lot and it was outside and it was hot. And it was like, because there was something happened with the venue and it got changed. And um, he's like, no, every, like everything's sold. And he like just handed me this like, literally like this roll of money and i was like like everything he's like yeah (laughs) yeah we have like seven t-shirts left and i was like oh my god and then you know it was like eight thousand dollars in merch in one day or something like that wow this is crazy like what is like what happened yeah um like how did we get here yeah that's like, great, man. Yeah. So then we played the show and it was just like bonkers. bananas. Bonkers. Yeah. So ah. I think I think um it was that moment was like like this is real. Like this isn't this isn't like some you know lucky streak or whatever. Yeah. This, it was it's it was real at that point. So we got something here. Yeah. Yeah. So and uh, I don't think we sold that much ever again at Hellfest, but it was just a nice way to get your feet wet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, man. So, I mean, yeah. I, so you guys, you guys toured like crazy off of it all coming down to this. You know, how was that studio experience like? Because I know that, you know, you said it was cool, you know, doing like the EP and stuff. And then you, you're going to make the full length, which is probably the most different record that you guys ever made. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Do you, well, were you a fan of like actually recording or were you just like more of like, I want to fucking just play? No, I liked recording. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I'm like a, I'm like a builder guy, you know, I like seeing the layers go on and, yeah, and, tweaking and turn like what if we did this what if we do that um you know i like i'm like the conceptual guy like let's let's what if we change this or whatever so i like recording um 
at least I did then. <laughs> oh, yeah? Not a fan no yeah. more? Well, do well I, I am. I actually am a fan of it, but it, it weighs on me a little bit because I never feel like I'm, especially now, and, and with Don't Wait Up, because I don't, I, I don't play. I mean, it's different when you play 200 shows a year. Right. And then all of a sudden you get a day job and you don't play for four years, basically. And, you know, you lose something. So when they asked me to do give blood, I mean, not give blood, um, don't wait up. Then I was like, oh, this is awesome. And they sent me the songs and I was like hearing stuff that I wanted to play and, and then recorded my bass tracks just on home on my machine here and sent them to them. What do you think of this? And, but I never felt like I had gotten my chops back like I should have, you know? Um, yeah. So recording that last one was tedious for me because was it? Well, well, I was just rusty. I was so rusty, you know? Well, the album came out incredible. So, yeah, well, I figured, I figured that Zach went in and fixed some stuff for me. Oh, you think? I definitely, well, he definitely played non-negotiable. Okay. Um, because that song's so fast that I just, I just didn't have it. Like, I, uh, I couldn't play it. Um, really? But there's yeah. so many faster songs that you play. Well, on that record, on that record. Right. Keep in mind, all the other stuff happened when I was playing, like, a lot. Right. You know? I get and it. And then after the note, when I left the band, the bass guitar went in the case, and I didn't, you know, there was no reason for me to play. Right. Um, and the Drive wasn't doing anything. So, um, you know, so I, I got rusty. Obviously, I can still play, and I can play the songs, but it's more laborious now than it was back yeah. then when we were playing so much. So, Little ring so when they asked me, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then the practice was good. But then once we got in the studio, it was like, Ugh. Oh fuck. I felt like, <laughs> you know, everyone else is so good still. And I was like, Argh. I was like, <laughs> Oh Jesus. Old man, crappy fingers. I couldn't do anything. So yeah. Well, listen, I, I never played an instrument and I, I tried and either I don't have the patience that's probably what it is. I'm very hard on myself when it comes to certain things. Like if I don't pick something up, then I'm like, uh, I can't. Like my fingers don't work that way. I feel like it's like, how am I supposed to put like this finger this close to this one up on top over this one, but I can't touch this string. I'm supposed, I can't. I yeah. have no patience for that. I yeah. tried when I was like younger because I was like, I wanted, I wanted to play bass. Yeah. I, I was going to say, you should get into bass. You don't have to do some of that. Just... Well, I don't know, maybe I was too much thought into it. Uh, at the time, I was listening to, like, a lot of, like, thrash metal and really fast, crazy stuff, but I don't know, man. Maybe that, was one of the, that was one of the things that Dalbeck, when I tried out for Bane, my first tryout, after, you know, seeing him at Newbury Comics, and he saying he, I forget the, how the conversation started, but I knew him from Converge, and I think I went up to him and said, hey, any converse shows coming up or something like that? And he's like, no, but, you know, if you know any bass player, I think it was like that random where it's just like, he just asked some random hardcore kid that knew about Converge if he knew bass player. And I was like, oh, I play bass. That, <laughs> it was that random. Right. But then I went and tried it out, but I, was, I had always played with my fingers. Right. Without a pick. So I was like, you know, like, do 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 Yeah. And, uh, Cliff Burton style. Yeah, Cliff Burton style, exactly. And, you know, not as good as Cliff Burton, obviously, because I'm <laughs> 17 years old or whatever. Um, but 
went to practice. They showed me the songs. I could play them fine. You know, I didn't, I didn't have super pro gear. I had like, you know, beginner gear. And they're like, you're, you might need to get new, new gear, some louder stuff. And then, um, and then Dalek on the way home from the drive, we had driven up, we practiced at Damon's house for the rehearsal, which was in like Andover, Massachusetts, which is like North of Boston. Okay. And back to Worcester is sort of South central. So on the way back, it was me and Bedard and Dalbeck and Bedard's like, sounded good, man. You got to play with a pick though. It's the only way it's going to work. Really? Okay. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. Switching it up on me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's a much more aggressive sound when you play with a pick. It's like, a, you know, it's more, it's got more, you know, meat to it. Crunch, so, yeah, I guess. Yeah, with the fingers, it's like a softer tone. It's like, boda, 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 where the, where the, the pick is like, cha, 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 you know, it's like a heavier, heavier sound. So, so he's like, yeah, you, this is great. We like you. It's fun. You play the songs, but you got to learn how to play with a pick. Oh, and shit. we'll see you next week and know all the songs with knowing playing a pick. I was like, oh, right. okay. Jesus. <laughs> I got home and I was like, oh, all right, I got to play with a pick. This is my one opportunity. And even like live throughout all the years on all the other records you were playing with your fingers? Uh, no, well, that was the very first practice. So that was right when the demo was coming out. Gotcha. Um, so after that, I, I, I only play with a pick. Yeah. So uh-huh. when I, that first tryout, I played with my fingers and Dalvik was like, nope. Nope. Not, not going to work. So, <laughs> but he's right. He was absolutely right. And I'm totally glad I forced myself to play because it, it would have, it would have been a totally different sound. If, absolutely. Yeah. If it wasn't uh, that aggressive sort of bass sound. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. See, this yeah. is like the shit that I like. Like, like people want to hear this shit, they, myself included. You know what I mean? Like these little behind the scenes, nuts and bolts type shit. You know, yeah. that no one really knows. So now, so you guys. I mean, we'll go back to it. it you know, uh, it all comes down to this. You guys tour like crazy. Um, you guys are picking up, picking up steam, for lack of a better term. Um, then you guys go back, and you fucking record "Give Blood." Yeah which is just ridiculous in and of itself as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think we were actually, so, uh, what's today, Monday? So, uh, is it Monday? Yeah, today's Monday. Friday. Friday, we were talking about this. Me and Zach and Bedard and uh, Bobby and Stu and Nick Brannigan. Yeah. And Dalbeck. We all did like a social distancing little cookout on Friday. No shit. So we were talking about this, like what, what was, you know, what happened between it all comes down to this and give blood and what, you know, and I think we were talking about how in the studio, when it all comes down to this, we were like, so focused on making this like epic, big record that just had like all this stuff to say. And, and, um, and, I remember Steve Reddy, the owner of EBR coming in and listening to like the final or like near final mix. And he's like, cause that record is notoriously doesn't sound good. Um, well, at least the, the consensus is that it, it's not recorded that well. 
Mm. I personally think it sounds like it all comes down to this. Like it has, if we change that, it wouldn't, it wouldn't sound right. right. You know what I mean? I agree. It just, it just has this feel to it now. Right. And it has yeah. a certain sound like there's some records that, and I'm not saying that it all comes down to this or give blood has bad production because compared to so many other records that I actually love, not Bane records, but there's some records, they sound like they were like recorded in 1981 in a basement and it's, the production is terrible, yeah. but that adds to how great it is for some weird reason. <laughs> there's something about that sort of like, like, like anti-quality. Anti yeah, I, some, some things it works perfectly. It's for. very endearing. Um, I but, did love it. Yeah, I, well, we were, you know, we were in the studio for like 14 days on that, which is a really long time for us, like just knocking stuff out. And so we were totally just in it and we didn't know any better. And then you know, Steve from EBR came in and he's like, are you guys sure you want to put the like this is what you want and like the songs are crazy and they're super long and they just go from part to part to part and he he did not get it but to his credit he's like uh, all right we're gonna do it like right. and we were like no man it's gonna be it it's gonna be awesome you wait and see it's gonna be awesome um but he did not get it but he's you know he's still stuck with it and and then we tore our asses off on that and the more we thought about it, the more we realized that we had probably made a mistake going away from Brian McTernan to record. So Brian McTernan recorded the demo and recorded the EPs and stuff like that. Right. And then we did, we did all come down to this with Steve Austin, who, we, who actually had mixed the Barrett record and then had also been working with Converge on a record. So there was like like he had become a friend. Yeah, yeah. he was like the guy. And so we're like, hey, and he's like, hey, I should do the Bane record. And But he was like this very well-known metal, like totally metal guy. Like the, right. he, he had no like hardcore background at all. So, um, so, but we were like friends with him and we we're like, yeah, let's do it. And it was, and he had, you know, a studio that was nearby and we were like, gung-ho, let's do it. So nice. we did it and, uh, and then we did all the tours on it and we came back and we were just like, okay. At this point we had now seen like seen the the world, you know, like it was like we were like seasoned a little bit. Yeah. And, um, we had decided, well, we gotta go back to to Brian. Um and actually Brian, I think, called us and he's like, We you guys gotta come to me. Right. And then at this point he had moved from Boston to um Baltimore area just outside gotcha. Washington, D.C., College Park, Maryland. Um, okay. And had, he had seen a bunch of success um, with some other things, and it, he, be, he became sort of a much bigger than he was when we first recorded the EP. So when, he, when we were like, let's go to Brian, and he was like, yeah, you should come to me. And, the, and it was sort of Brian's mission to sort of reel us in a little bit um, hmm. and so try to make it not so crazy. Right. <laughs> but the forward. Yeah. Well, Give Blood was just basically an ode to learning about touring um, yeah. and understanding that people liked our band and like how weird that was for us. And yeah. Um, 
because this, you know, that it all comes down to this is so weird. Um, right. But, it, you know, it, it was the right thing for the right time. Just like a Absolutely. lot of Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, 100, 100%, man. Yeah. 100%. So, so when we got to give blood, you know, we were there for like three weeks or three and a half weeks or something. And then we got like, I remember getting an advance from EBR, um, you know, like, like what you hear in like famous band sort of like, Oh, we got our record advance. Right. And, uh, that was the first time we really got money before right. a recording or whatever. And I bought all new gear like that. I just spent all the money on new bass gear. And yeah, I just thought I was the, the coolest shit then like, <laughs> Oh Yeah. I just got like a, my record allowance or whatever. <laughs> right. So yeah. now, so well, now I still have that exact same gear. <laughs> Good. There you go. Well, you deserve you deserve that gear, man. That, that base cab that I bought has so many miles on it now. It's like ridiculous. So, awesome. <laughs> yeah. and it's all the torn up. Like it's so beat up, but it, it has stories. It's yeah. good. That they've seen places. Yeah, absolutely. So now, so obviously, after after Give Blood, you guys go in and you you do the note and you tour like crazy. So that is this, this is this is the time frame, obviously, that you leave the band. Did you how, how did you part ways with Bane? Yeah. So, um, well, we we were touring a lot we were touring a lot and oh, oh technically the, the band never stopped touring yeah like never yeah. so i got i got married in 2004 okay and then i bought a house in 2005 and i think uh, the note came out in 2004 right yes i believe yeah. so 2004. so yeah so you know i was like settling down and then we were like just putting out more stuff and then I moved out to Western Mass, where, where Zach and I went to college nearby there, um, and got a new wife and bought a house and, you know, was starting to creep into adulthood. Um, and then, you know, we still toured for a while. And at this time, I was doing, I was man basically doing all the management sort of stuff for the band. So... I was doing, I was designing all the t-shirts. I was working with EBR and everything. I was working with, um, booking agents. Uh, I was renting the vans. I was buying vans and fixing them up. I was ordering the merch yeah. and then on the road, I was like settling up and then counting merch and, and then doing the shows and all that stuff and managing money and all that. So, for all that time, I was doing basically all that stuff. And I'm sort of a control freak. And uh, those guys were okay with me doing everything. Right. Uh, so it sort of became a little bit of a friction point. Right. And I'm a super laid back guy, and but I would never say anything. And then I just, I, honestly, I just got burnt out. And because right. I was doing basically everything. And even though, I might go home and complain about it. I would never say anything to those guys. Right. So then 2007 rolls around. We're, we're talking about 
the fall, um, the fall of 2007 and talking about doing Europe again and a couple other things. Um, and a job opportunity this whole time I've been, you know, doing freelance work and sort of like, I got my degree in art, but I got, went into graphic design and I was doing this just like, just like everyone in Bain, this piecemeal stuff. So when I could get work, I'd do it. And, right. And uh, in between tours, basically. Uh, and then this, in 2007, this opportunity came to me and it was a teaching graphic design. Um, and then like they offered me like this crazy, like for me, you know, it's not, it's not that much money now, but 23 year old me or whatever, how old I was, um, there was a lot of money. So yeah. I was like, uh, I had a dollar amount in my head that if they offered it to me, then I'd be like, I got to take it. Right. Uh, and leave, leave the band. Um, and the, that dollar, like what they offered me was like $10,000 more than that dollar amount in my head. So I was like, you know, I was burnt out. I got this job offer to do design stuff, which I loved and do it in a teaching capacity which allowed me to have summers off still. Um, and my wife's a teacher, so we were gonna have like summers off. So uh, I basically took that opportunity and I called Zach right away and said, you know, I, 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 gotta, I gotta be out. Um, How'd they take it? I mean, Zach, Zach's, you know, my closest, dearest friend. So he's, he's just my guy, so he was like, I'm super excited for you, man. Yeah, like, like I, he got awesome. it. Yep, I got it. Can't be yeah. mad at you. He really can't be mad at you, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then I just called the other guys, and they all understood, and everyone, you know, everyone understood. And the only thing, Bedard was not that psyched on that. Um, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know if he remembers this or not. And we are totally fine. Like it's weird, you know, Bane's broken up and all that stuff, and but. We were just all, like literally three days ago, all at a cookout, laughing and having fun. That's and good. there are no hard feelings at all. That's good. This shouldn't be. All this stuff is so yeah. so long ago, and life goes on. Everyone's an adult. Everyone has responsibility. Yeah. So yeah. But I remember. I don't know if Bedard will remember this, but he, I called him out, and I was like, "Man, I got this job opportunity. I'm gonna have to take it, and I'm leaving the band, and I'm not gonna go to Europe in the fall." And he's like, all right, well, I guess we don't have anything to talk about then. And then he hung up on me. <laughs> oh, yeah, he wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he definitely I kind of was happy with that. Because, you know, he, he takes everything such to heart. He and, does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love him. So that was it. And I, but, again, it's water under the bridge. and Of course. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, this is a long time ago. Yeah. And actually, I ended up going to Europe with them again, like the, the following summer, because I was off and they needed a bass player. And oh, there you go. Yeah, and then I ended up playing shows here and there and everywhere, right. like, every once in a while. So right, a little fill in if they need you real quick. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, and then I still worked on the design stuff with them. And, so. Yeah, and you you you've done several album covers, you know, for a bunch of musicians. Like I was just looking, at, like obviously you did you did the Silent Drive EP and record. Right. Yep. Yep. You did. Um, didn't you do an, an an only crime album layout too? Only crime. I don't I think so. Maybe no? you don't even know. 
I don't remember. <laughs> I've done a lot. To the nines? Yeah. I don't think I did that. No? I did the Ink Cartridge Funeral record. I did right. all the Bane stuff after it all comes down to this. I did Silent Drive. I did With Honor. With Honor. Um, okay. Maybe I was I wrong. Maybe I got a little screwed up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I did. <laughs> well, hey, dog back when you listen to this, so throw a little comment, a little feedback. Let us know. Yeah, wrong yeah I'll text all back. I'll just go in my files and be like, oh, I, I did do I that. I did do that. Yeah, the, the, to I the did nine. a bunch of VBR stuff, and I did some victory stuff, and I did um, some other stuff. I, I don't remember. Okay. But so I, now, there's a lot of it. So I'm going to ask you this, and then I'm going to go back and then ask you a, like a final question in your thoughts. But I know that what's your capacity you work from Nova Motorcycles? Right. Yeah. So in 2007, I left Bain, and then you know I decided I was too adult. So I decided to, I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a motorcycle. Right. <laughs> Why not? A new rebellion that I could do at home. Of course. Um, so I bought an old BMW motorcycle and uh, just instantly fell in love and um, just been in love with motorcycles ever since. So in uh, 2014, I met a, I met a, a guy in Greenfield. He, he ended up working on my motorcycle. And we were about the same age and we sort of hit it off and he was a mechanic and I'm, you know, interested in design. So I said, Hey, we should start a custom motorcycle shop. Right. And he was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't think he actually knew what he was getting into. Um, <laughs> but I sort of took it over and we're actually co-owners um, and he does all the mechanics and I do all the design stuff and we build basically uh, one-off custom motorcycles. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We just finished a Triumph uh, Thruxton. Okay. Uh, it was probably our most complicated build to date. And uh, it's getting some good, good love on the internet. So awesome. Where can uh, people, where can people find you? You know, the web, what's the website for it and whatnot? Yeah, it's just Nova, N-O-V-A, motorcycles.com. Okay. And then we're Nova Motorcycles on Instagram and Facebook and all that. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So, and then we ended up buying some property, to, a garage to put the shop on. And now we're sort of expanding that. It's really weird because we got into motorcycles and we realized there's not a whole lot of money in motorcycles. So now we bought some land in order to do motorcycles more cheaply. And now we're getting into like real estate development because the land is kind of interesting where it is. And, Right. It's like snowballing to the crazy weird stuff. So that's good though. It's all positive, good shit, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's 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 really yeah, exciting yeah. actually. Yeah, that's great, man. Best of luck to you with all that. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks very much. And um, well, I will ask you. Well, it's not really a very fraction, not really a question, but I will ask you. What did you think about the documentary? Because I know that you saw a screener of it. How did you yeah. come away? What were your thoughts as you came away with that? Yeah, I... I heard uh, it was awesome. Yeah, it's it, it's really good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
You know, I was, all I know is the interview that I gave, you know, the interviews that I gave. So when I, I didn't know what to expect of it because they were really long and they went on and on. And, and you know, I'm in, I'm in the movie, but I, I would say maybe there, you know, out of a two hour movie, there's like, you know, 10 clips of me, you know? Right. So, but it's great. Like I, you know, that's, that's totally fine, but you, you kind of get a sense of like how much they have to cut this down in order to make it oh, of course. sense and keep moving and flowing. Um, so, but I didn't see anyone else's interview. I didn't know what the theme was. I wasn't on tour with them, you know? So like when I finally saw it and I saw like it coming together and the story there, and then, you know, the sort of the flashbacks to the history. And um, I was just like blown away. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's really good. And I haven't, I haven't seen it in, I saw a clip. I mean, I saw the, what they, you know, a very final cut, but that was like six months ago. Um, so it's changed. I'm sure it's changed from that. Uh, okay. And then I did, I did the layout for the packaging. On oh, the you did. So, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's. Yeah, I I did the layout, but actually, Dan McCarthy. We used another Dan McCarthy artwork. Um, okay. So. Very cool. Yeah, um, and it's kind of a cool layout i sent them all the files set up a specific way and whether they use it that way i don't know i think they're sort of doing their own thing with it so but okay. we'll, so i don't i don't i only have a big hint of the artwork at this point so okay i can't i can't i cannot wait to see it i really <laughs> i really can't wait to see it I it's gonna i i think people are gonna like it I, I hope so. I, 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 I know people will like it, and I already know I'm going to like it, but I'm probably going to like it more than I think I'm going <laughs> to. Well, I think, I know everyone, it took so long. And, uh, you know, Listen, but you know what, though? But once, the, but once it's in people's hands and they're watching it, they don't care how long it took. It's there now. Well, again, I think that this is like the, the old turkey popper. I think four years was the right amount where people like, it feels good to come back to this old thing that was so familiar yeah. after this long. Sure. So I think, I think it's the right time. And yeah, I know it's like, why does it take four years? Blah, blah, blah. Well, people don't realize you guys also have other jobs, you know, like there's a lot. Yeah. It's not like there's one person there. sitting there for four years straight, just working on this. Like people have yeah. lives, man, you yeah. know? Yeah. And they're not making money on this. Like this is, Right. They're losing so much money on this. It's crazy. Right. Time, effort, all this. Yeah. It, it's so much that goes in, yeah. into it. And people don't realize that. You yeah. stop and think about, you know, I, I'm not even in that world, but I have an idea of what goes into that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I think I kind of know the answer to the question that I'm going to ask you, but I'm not here to speak for you whatsoever. But it's obviously, it's a hypothetical, okay? Um for argument's sake, let's play pretend for a minute, Pete. Um, <laughs> Bane decides that they want to get together because every single member is gung-ho. They feel like they have it. They're, it's, they're fucking itching to get back on stage real bad, right? 
But for some weird reason that, I don't know, make up a reason because this is all hypothetical, that like James can't play because he's wrapped up like in Tiger Records down in Jacksonville, Florida. Look them up on the internet, kids. Support James Savone. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right. So, and, you know, you get a call from Zach, who I think is the hardest nut to crack at this point, and Bedard. And they're like, dude, we're going to do a fucking 10-show tour back and forth across the states. You down to play? <laughs> you playing? Yeah, of course I'm playing. Fuck, I love that yeah. answer. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be sloppy. Uh, I hope we'll have like at least one practice. Because oh, of course you'll have a couple of practices. Get your child. Well, you don't know Bain. You don't know Bain. Like <laughs> we've never practiced. Forget it. Yeah, but I think after this long of a hiatus, and you're gonna make like a little comeback. Yeah. What if What if they decided to do a full time, not just a quick tour? Would you be in? No. No. <laughs> okay. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, so that's a big difference between ten shows. I felt like I threw that out full time. I already have like three full time jobs. Like I can't do another one. Right. Listen, I ran it up the flagpole. Maybe yeah. you'd salute it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would. Right. No. I would do. I would devote. You know, some time to it. Right. But. I got a lot. I got a nine-year-old kid now, and I got it. You know, ten days is probably the maximum. Right. Um, okay. I'd be able to go. So. Listen, fair enough. <laughs> that's, that's that's great. But yeah, ten days. They asked me to do it instead of. I mean, that doesn't sound likely, but well, that's why I say completely hypothetical. I just made up a story yeah, right. as I was babbling. No, I get, I get it. Well, if, all right. So in that hypothetical, yeah, I'm go, I'm getting in the van. Actually, I I own a van that they can borrow. I'll, I'll rent it to them. There you go. We'll double dip and get a little bass player money and a little van rental money. So. Might as well. Make it worth your while, Pete. Make it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Well, dude, this was awesome, man. This was great talking with you. Um, as you heard, I say it all the time because it's just some of a creature I have it, but. This, this um, minus a little edit and technical difficulties, this is going to go up um, as a video on YouTube, just raw, the way it is. And well, with the little edit there. And um, as well as I just, I uploaded to the Facebook group page, the, the Brooklyn Blast Furnace Podcast Facebook group. Join it, kids. And, um, and then I put it out as an audio file with my little intro music with a song at the end. So... I will ask you, what Bane song are we closing this out on? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I listen to the other podcasts, at least all the ones that have been released so far. So I'm, I'm, I just haven't listened to Bobby's yet. So. Okay. So I sort of was thinking, like, well, if, if I did the podcast, this was before we even talked. I was like, if I did the podcast, what song would I pick? Uh-huh. Last song? And I started going through, I was like, oh, I would definitely pick this song. And then I let it play, and then I was just doing work, and then it went to the next, I was like, oh yeah, this song, I totally forgot, oh, I definitely picked that song. And it went all the way back, and I was like, oh, the demo stuff and the EP stuff. I was like, god damn, Bane is pretty good. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking great stuff. I haven't listened to it in years, so like, I was like, going back, but. Is that because of the podcast? 
Yeah, well, I was like, well, what song would I pick? So I was like listening to it. Oh, like, that's awesome. I just was like reminiscing and going back and be like, oh, yeah, I remember this part and this little bass fill that I did. I was like, oh, I love that part. And yeah. I totally forgot about it. So, but I had a revelation today okay. and on the drive home from work and I knew I was doing this with you. I was like, well, I better pick one. So, and the one that just kept popping up for me with all these good memories and it kind of goes back to our cookout on Friday. We were talking about writing, give blood. And we had this crazy practice space and it was like, it was literally in a condemned abandoned building and we were the only band in there. And we had to, I remember the day that we wrote the song, which um, some came running is my song. Awesome. The day we wrote it, we were carrying gear this was like on the second floor of this like abandoned building. And in order to get into the, the, the practice space, you had to go up this uh, fire escape on the side of the building. And on one side is where the building used to be and it has fallen down. And then I think the fire escape was inside at one point, but now it was outside. Um, okay. And we're walking up this like rickety metal fire escape and we have to wheel the my base cab into the door once we get up there and there's like platform and there's no railings and it's like a 30 foot drop down and I think it was snowing out and uh one of the bars on the the platform was broken and we're like my base like almost fell through and we're like oh <laughs> that was that would be bad and we like rolled it in and then we wrote some came running and that that memory just sort of came back to me at the cookout when we were talking about we got we dove into that practice space that we had which we ended up practicing that you know actually not practicing but that's where we wrote records and uh in that vicinity there were a bunch of abandoned buildings basically that we just kept moving around to really um, and i just had that memory and i remember you know getting in there and playing that song and and uh I forget who brought the riffs, but, uh, you know, usually someone brings the riff and we sort yeah. of work on it and build it. But I remember it's just being like, it was so different for us, like that sort of mid-tempo. And yeah, um, I just remember being sort of taken with it right away. And always, always in the set list. Yeah, yeah. And then the, like once I read Bedard's lyrics and started seeing how those were laying out, it's like, well, you know, that homage to getting in the van and being on tour and yeah and being a band of brothers um still resonates with me um so that's why i'm picking some okay. came around awesome dude yeah now do you have any like social media or anything well I've, obviously nova motorcycles look that yeah. up but do you have any any kind of social media that you want to put out there people to follow you on instagram or anything like that yeah. thing whatever yeah people can follow me i'm just at peter chilton okay um it's just pictures of my kid though doing stupid shit all right no it's not stupid shit they eat kids and they don't do stupid shit because they're doing kids that well i try to make kids do when i was teaching i taught at a photography school so i, was, I always try to do nice photos right so they're nice photos most of the time they're of my son so there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah well listen pete Thank you so much for your time, dude. Um, 
I mean, we're on podcast time right now. This isn't going to drop for a little uh, podcast time, probably about three weeks or so from now. Because yeah. I have three, I have Bobby, and then that's yeah, that's Bobby. He's isolation sessions fifteen, and I have three, and then you. Okay. So I'm going to be like, I, I already have things lined up into like freaking November. I got to calm myself down, but I I feel like I need to be doing this. Like I, I just do this shit all the time because yeah. I enjoy well, it too much. Thanks for asking me. Nah, dude, I was, I was listening to him already, so I was I was flattered when you when you said Ah, dude, that. awesome. Hey, listen, the pleasure's all mine. This was awesome. And uh hopefully one day we'll meet in person once again, not just a quick yo, good show, quick fast thing. Yeah. All right. Maybe may, maybe when I, I I don't know, it was maybe Aaron Dolbex, I was saying. I was like, I'll be the pain in the ass to try to get the guys back together. We're going to go yeah. have pizza somewhere. So yeah. if you have that little meeting, then you know, we'll, we'll bullshit. I'll, I'll, I love a pizza. Yeah, so. I'm a big fan. You, you, you found your bait for me, so you're good. Awesome. I <laughs> said, <laughs> good luck with everything, man, your business, everything. Thank you. Absolutely. Much respect, my man. All right. See you, Jimmy. Thank you. Later, buddy. Bye.